0: All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this.
1: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.
0: listen to my- hello welcome to 101 part-time jobs the podcast where i speak to artists about how they've managed to survive how they've made it work for them through making art i mean so many of our favorite bands have worked a bunch of different jobs over lockdown and i think before that i think between tours a lot of them have managed to survive in ways that we don't really know a lot about so those are the stories i want to get and i'm so excited to welcome the excellent rebecca Lucy taylor aka self-esteem to 101 part-time jobs tomorrow morning i'll be heading off to green man and be catching her over the weekend i can't wait for that that'll be the first time i'm seeing her and i hope a lot of you listening to this get the chance to see her next couple of weeks months year as well her new album prioritized pleasure is coming out on the 22nd Of October I do this all the time and this and the title track are absolutely brilliant and we're all so so excited about it. East London Signature Brew have been making beers with bands since 2011 they've made beers with Mastodon, Sports Team, Hot Chip and a whole bunch of other amazing bands. If you go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, you can make an order to get some of those beers delivered directly to your door if you live in the UK. And with the voucher code 101 podcast, all capital letters, you can get 10% off that order. All right, here's Rebecca Lucy Taylor of Self Esteem. Go well.
3: Cheers. I, when I was in Slow Club... I would do jobs here and there and and, um, be really embarrassed about it. But the whole nature of self-esteem and being a solo artist and just becoming myself, really, um, it's kind of part of my art practice in a way, is to so chronically be open and honest about the true me that it means there's no um, room for... Like, I've already done the joke before you have, you know? Yeah. Or I... so much of my twenties were like deeply sh- shrouded in shame. <laughs> I'm just exhausted by it, and then I, it almost like if you put it out there, you're on display. Then, then it's then you you've controlled the narrative. Also, I'm a Libra with two Pisces, Moon and, and Rising, and I'm just a complete. Um, I'm just so addled with worry and stress about what people think of me that it, my life was pretty unlivable if I had to like hide that I needed cash or <laughs> um or hide that I found things difficult like I yeah but I will literally look if you've got a job I'll do it like I love cash and now I'm a pop star but I'm still in the realms of like you don't make any money <laughs> you really have to like it's the most it's the most a stupid creative industry to want to be in in terms of logic and like output input <laughs> but- I feel like there's
0: like two different ways to think of it because I feel like I could go down the route of asking questions about how fucked up funding is or government or general you know s- support for the arts you know especially when you compare the UK to Germany or, or or the Netherlands or Belgium but uh, and then the other side is like well fuck it you you've got to do it and you kind of put your blinkers on.
3: I I had a bit of a wobble over the pandemic to be honest where I was like okay everything I've worked really hard for my whole life like since I was 16 I've I made music and and I've always just got by and I've never thrived <laughs> and I've been very niche and uh but always like the thing that made it worth it was being able to express myself creatively and have, you know, a handful of people give a shit about what I'm I'm singing about or saying or putting yeah. out next, And as a solo artist, the reason I left the band really was because I was like, I can't have that compromised alongside not making any money and alongside this sort of low-level dread every day of my life that it's all going to be over and I'll be stranded, unemployable, and, like, miserable. And and so it's all for me. Everything is about taking control and making sure it's my fault if it fucks up and it's my fault if it succeeds. And I don't know, Some something – the wobble I had was, like, maybe it's all gone forever because cause now, like, the, the best chance I have of making any money would be playing live. And um, the idea that that's gone – it was just like extremely kind of awful, but then like within about a week, it was kind of exhilarating. Cause I thought, well, why do I even do any of it? And I realized it's so deeply not about trying to make money mm. and that it's just my calling. And now I'm completely realized as myself and my art and my point of view is so <laughs> so um, violently uh, put across <laughs> in my work, that that's the payment. <laughs> so I had a kind of turnaround where I now don't, all I want to be able to do is to do it. I don't need much more um, and anything else is a bonus. I mean, it still means, you know. Does fine. that
0: play into, cause you know, you, you got such a brilliant production, great dancers. There's a lot going on. It seems to always be changing. Mm. uh is 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 that is that part of it is I mean that must i mean speaking about work that's a lot of fucking work
3: yeah but i I realized that like that's what I want but what makes me happy is like getting into bed and being absolutely exhausted and not when I was in an indie band that with you know you would we toured a lot, but there was a lot of downtime, and I felt very stifled and like i couldn't have any other outlet so I lived all my twenties just sort of waiting to go on tour. When I was on tour, I found that very difficult. The brief moments on stage where I felt really alive and electric, and like I'm performing and I'm I'm my call I'm fulfilling my role on the planet, um, it was all like too sporadic. Whereas now, self esteem is so daft because that's. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. I <laughs> If there's a stage and there's lights, there's a PA, there's people like life. When I was a little girl was like dance routines, plays. Like I was constantly like just making performance. Like a rug would be a stage, you know, like anything with a corner was a stage to me. And all I'm doing now is just living that out. And I want to just know I fucking gave it a good go. Also on the flip side, when you're in a band for 10 years, see a lot of other bands (laughs) i just always thought god i find gigs so boring (laughs) that i what i want to do with self-esteem is because i know full well i'm you know i'm doing that circuit as we speak tomorrow i'm on you know early in the afternoon at a festival and you have to make people look and listen Mm -hmm. and give them an experience and I i think you know a lot of indie music's pretty lazy like in terms of the uh, transaction f- between audience and, and performer.
0: And that's like a quote that really stuck out for me when you said, you know, for photos, why wouldn't you just make it the silliest, most bombastic thing you could? Why would you just stand against a brick wall?
3: Mm. I, was, I, I mean, I, I, this is a kind of, I have a visual cue with this, which is difficult, but it's like, uh, you know, standing on a brick, standing by a wall with graffiti with your coat on, it's something we can all do and um even though I want to do all these mad things like I can put my coat on and stand by a wall Mm -hmm. and that was where I went wrong was that I I was constantly compromised to just do the thing that is is comfortable and easy for everybody whereas art to me shouldn't be that comfortable and it shouldn't be easy and uh and I just very, very tired of it. And, but also my God, you could argue the absolute opposite. Like maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe it's, ugh. maybe it's this, and it's but it's like, I realized that I was looking around all the time, what everyone else was doing. And, and I don't know, something about aging. It's just like, it don't matter. Everything has a right to exist. Commit to it, have your context and your, your through line all the time. And, And be an artist. I mean, it's not just about looking cool, playing your instrument all right, and shuffling on and off. And I don't know, having, I think the idea of rock and roll star is just pathetic. I think there's nothing, you know, that it's not cool. Cool is being real, in my opinion, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Caveat. I mean, is
0: it, do you ever get used to sometimes second guessing yourself? Do you ever come to peace with that, with that stuff?
3: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like obviously a lot better than I used to, but it's still, I keep getting the, I got a load of clothes today actually for my, for my shows. Cause I was like, guys, we need, I don't know what I'm doing. We need to give, we need to dress me. I look like I'm coming from the office at the minute. (laughs) Um, I
0: I saw the Kermit frog.
3: Oh yeah, he yeah he's he's a part of yeah, that's a that's a little uh, exclu- uh, uh, uh yeah that's a photo shoot I'm gonna do coming up um, but I yeah I'm, you know and I'm there today putting on this leopard print daft suit and a mad bra and like yeah I doubt it and I go I'm 34 what the hell am I doing everyone else has got married and had babies and I'm <laughs> this is my life but oh my god it doesn't last long in my mind I'm like yeah, but this is this is very you. <laughs> just, just get on with it. It's all too short. The planet is dying. I don't, you know, I just, it's just about having a laugh and feeling like seizing the fucking day. I'm just done. I'm done trying to be cool. <laughs> I just want to have a right laugh. You can blame the drag queens. <laughs> the drag queens infu- infiltrated my brain and I never looked back. I mean, do you think do you think that's the
0: thing of the last decade or the lot, you know, that that there has become that ability uh to be so versatile and not just be uh one idea and constantly, you know, progress in a way that I mean, because you know, Bowie was doing this kinds of stuff. Thank and you. and it feels like no one else was doing it around that time. Maybe just people were. But do you know what I mean? I wonder if that is something that's coming more back into play in in
3: music and art. I think something happened maybe like 2007 or something where I think there was Beyonce, like Beyonce singles were suddenly like all right to openly like. Right? Mm. I remember single ladies coming I was in a club in and I had an indie boyfriend and he played at his indie stupid club night. And I was like, that was a real turning point because everything I'd sort of committed to all the way through high school being like, the premiere girl that liked music I would never have, you know, but I was listening to Destiny's Child at home, <laughs> like something shifted. And I, do, I just think everything blurred. I don't know what it, the world moved, uh, the internet maybe grew or something where, you know, pop became the most exciting genre really. And, and like, I don't know, guitar music is, it's never floated my boat really. Um, I've lied every time I've, Apart from the Arctic Monkeys, who are my favorite band in the whole world, but they make like mad pop music, in my opinion. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, What am I getting at? What did you What did you ask me? What? <laughs> I've,
0: forgot, I've forgotten.
3: Oh,
0: I, I guess. I mean, by the way, I don't really have questions. I go on the. I go on the chat. That's my vibe. That's no what I try. We <laughs> yeah, sometimes it goes well. So, uh, but, <laughs> uh, just that. I guess that element of. Well, you say two thousand and seven, right? That. Uh, I feel like that was when a lot of electronic bands started playing Reading and Leeds and there was this kind of crossover. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think Arctic Monkeys was almost the, like that first record was, for me, was one of the like the last records of that brilliant generation where you'd, every Wednesday, you'd pick up the magazines and, you know, and Kerrang! would have great stuff and NME would have great stuff. And for me, you know, there, there was just always, at, at some point it stopped being, like rock music stopped being exciting.
3: I don't know what happened but it really did. It's like nothing, you know, that red libertines jacket to me at one point in my life, nothing was more sexually arousing than someone wearing one of those. And now I can't think of anything more important than <laughs> I don't know when that happened, but it did. And I, as a whole of the podcast, I guess, when did it <laughs> die? But there's something to do. I think, I think the influx of women is one thing and like just the world moving and changing and technology and i don't know i don't
0: know for you like you know that sense of identity growing up playing gigs do you remember when your i has your identity kind of always in playing music i mean and, and when i say identity i mean like confidence i mean the number of hours you're spending doing it like the kind of the way you talk about it with friends and family you know when my band was touring all the time i couldn't even take myself seriously when i spoke to people i just didn't have that confidence inside of me mm. um and i wonder how
3: people do that <laughs> yeah I still struggle now like i it's weird like I've had a tiny bit more like reach than, than normal with my last couple of singles, and it makes life a little bit easier in the sense of like oh I do this, and I've done you know there's your headline like I did Jules Holland and I've yeah. like always dreamed of doing that, and it's more like they're doing it, so I can say I've done it. Is more the dream than actually being on it. Like it was just like the shorthand I need for people that don't understand that I'm a full-time musician, relatively successful in the realms of what I'm in, you know, like getting your hair cut. I'm always like, don't ask me what I do. Cause it's so, all I will do then is just go down this long road of, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 you know, the self-deprecation that comes out of my mouth, I don't even mean, you know, and it added certainly all the way through my 20s, my self-esteem, for want of a better phrase, it was mm-hmm. like rock bottom because I was just always, yeah, felt fucking stupid about this thing I'd devoted my life to. Whereas now, not because I've been any more successful, but just like, because it's all so all-consuming and it is, it's bigger than music, in my opinion, like what I'm trying to achieve and like, uh, it, it is a job now. Do you know what I mean? And I and I've just got less shame about it. I still, I still do struggle with it though, because it's it supposed- like unless you are really famous, who mm. are you to like the vast majority of people? But now, I it's not about. It's just ne- it's never really been about fame for me. It's more about getting to do it. Like I have so mm. many things I want to make, and now I feel successful because I probably will be able to make them so I'm just sort of more happy in myself that I can just go, oh, I do this thing and it's this. Also, obviously, it's very helpful when people are like, oh, my God, I love that. (laughs) And I'm like, brilliant, cool, validation scene. (laughs) But um, it is like art, music, theatre. There's all these subcultures and all these kind of levels. And uh, it's kind of shit that only the ones that are on, like, Sunday brunch are the ones that get taken seriously. I've brunched a few times, so um, who am I to say? But yeah, I'm, I'm going for the triple this time. I'll be on it three times. I love it. I,
0: I want to. I want to live in a culture. I want to live in a town or a place where people are putting on shows, whether that's a gig or uh, a theatre production or a choir. You know, I want to live somewhere where the arts are taken seriously. Yeah, at every level. And it, it is fucking annoying that the fact that you can talk that you said you'd done it is, is more valid <laughs> than, than than doing what you were doing before. But that's not the case. It's so it's, it's bullshit.
3: Yeah, but it's, it has been. That's been what it is. You know, my school. I have a sort of aversion, really, to seeing people from school, even though I like love them. Like I was, I, I was you know the main part in the plays, and I sang all the in choirs, and I, I was you know there was me and a f- few other people that you know someone got into drama school and oh she's going to go and be this thing and and then i did you know i've been a full time musician since i left school i would say that's an achievement but it because it because i'm not famous I, I think i i just struggle to explain that and um mm. So I, yeah, I've just been bad and I don't text people back. But I I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be like that. It's everything's valid, but I've struggled my whole life between like why, why are you doing it then? <laughs> like what? What? There's no financial gain. There's no security. What do you get? But like I, I've said a million times already on this podcast alone, it's like it's just my lot. That's me. This is what I'm doing, and you know that's that's the end of it, really.
0: A big part of it has got to be to do with, like, the people you surround yourself with. You know, if you have friends into the same thing who are, who are like, spurring you on, being like, yes, Rebecca, that's fucking awesome. Or, and, or like, having a manager who, who, who gets it and a booking agent. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, bands with teams. I mean, you, you hear, um, you sometimes forget that musicians and artists just have completely different experiences with the people they're working with.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's what's really changed things for me. I don't think I would still be doing music if I was still in the situation I used to be in. Like, touring was very much like, just get yourselves around the country. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I did it as the only woman in the band. Like, the anxiety of just the traveling was just wild. and But it always, you know, good amount of like, shut up and get on with it. (laughs) But now my manager really gives a shit how I am. (laughs) Doesn't want me to be ill. Um, If I don't want to do it, we don't do it. You know, it's just like tiny things. But I think in the music industry, even in the last four years, it's now become a better place, certainly for women, because, because of just all the things in the zeitgeist where it's like, you know, you do need to be listened to. There's a documentary about Slow Club, and like it's yeah. just me moaning that I'm not very well all the time and I'm really sad. And even that already is three years later. It's like dating in this really strange way where it's like, I can't imagine me being in that situation anymore because it feels like the general well being of the people is <laughs> more in the social consciousness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, Every day I'm further away from it. I go, oh God, I have no idea how you didn't lose it sooner. <laughs> but you know, these are the. This is just how it goes, and it's why I'm who I am today, and all the rest of it. Um, and I did, you know, had some amazing times and very, very unique life. Um, but the the terror of not making any money, I don't think makes like the best art. But if you, unless you're from, you know, some. A, Background with tons of cash and it doesn't matter, um it's kind of difficult to get that equilibrium. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's why, you know, loads of the massive UK bands are from loads of cash <laughs> anyway. Like, there's a certain, and same with art, same with theatre, like, it's dominated by the, because I think good art comes from not coming from a desperation angle. <laughs> Which I perhaps
0: some to. people would disagree though, right? Some people oh, would say oh, that, yeah. like, some brilliant songs are from really, really tough, tough times.
3: Yeah. There's such an argument for, for, for everything. Um, and it is all just down to the individual, but I, I don't know, like I, it's not like I'm suddenly financially fine, but taking the fear out of it needing to work has made my work, um, connect better. Like this, my forthcoming album, so like, I was just so, okay. Fuck it, let's just make what I want to make, like genuinely, because I, you know, I've got my little life that I can just about keep going on what I make. And yeah, I, I, I there's some sort of peace in me artistically from not being like, why not me? When's it my turn, universe? You know, like I used to be so jealous and desperate is the best word for it. Now I don't give a shit. And everyone's like, oh, we come on this podcast. <laughs> Well, you come on this girl's Holland show. I'm like, oh right, yeah, fucking hell, fine, yeah, I will now. Did well now.
0: Did that happen? Did that kind? Did that feeling of like did that evolve during like compliments? Please, did it happen before? After?
3: No, compliments, please. I was pretty rabidly uh, desperate too, <laughs> um, but I, it was more like I think over compliments, please. I, the touring of that, I realized. I don't hate touring. I just, I, I hated touring the way I used to be touring, and like. The performances are amazing. The fans of self-esteem are like as somebody who's felt very much on the outside the whole life and kind of like struggled with group, uh, you know, not feeling part of a gang. And I've never had a big group of friends or anything like that. Like, oh, that's always registered. I've never had like a steady relationship. All these things have always just made me feel worse and worse and worse. And now when I play a self-esteem show, I kind of feel like part of just this Enormous gang of freaks, <laughs> but, yeah. but and there's so much love, and everyone's so fucking funny as well. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> people make me laugh, and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And people, I don't know, it's like whatever I give people, they're giving me back too. It's just, it's just the, the most, the greatest joy of my life has been doing self-esteem and seeing what it does with other people. Building this band, which are all these sort of women. We allow a couple of men. Um <laughs> they they go through a very strict vetting process. <laughs> um and then yeah, the shows is just this like absolute circle joke of like love. And um Ace. I just fucking love it. I don't know what the question is now, I'm just going on about myself
0: no but please please I hard. mean it makes me think that you know I, I I think people early on you know when you go to your first scar gig or you go to your first metal gig it's like wow I fit I fit in here I feel like I fit in here yeah is, it, is it that sort of feeling
3: I hope so and I, I what I can gather from what I see you know people on comments and things like that there is like a little bit of a tribe happening um totally and I mean to psychoanalyze in a very quick way, like all of this is just to, I guess my output is just to feel not alone. And and I guess I've always just felt extremely alone. And like, well, I guess we all have this internal monologue that you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or you're not normal or whatever. And just being open and honest about that and seeing how many other people feel that way and connecting. It's just something so magic about it. And even if it all ended tomorrow and I did have to go back to being a really bad PA, um, at least least I proved it, you know what I mean? Like I found it and it's not, I will never feel totally alone again, which is, you know. I'm not saying you have like an experimental pop project to not feel alone but that's what i have to do anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: a big part of that i wonder is to do with socials and speaking to people you know like messaging people because you know we, ba- we basically like text on instagram don't we now yeah I mean, you can if you want to and um have you been quite good at like getting to grips with that being such a big part of of what you do and your life
2: yeah
3: I think it just naturally was I, I remember getting a Twitter when I was in slow club and it sort of like I caught you know I was slow club Rebecca and that was my first tiny bit of um solo activity really and mm. I used to worry about it how mad that is but I used to no one no one was making me worry it's just all from me and my chronic people pleasing but yeah I um and it's a long time ago, and I I was I just really, <laughs> I used to go out with this lad who was also in a band, and he had a Twitter, and he was really funny on Twitter, and he was just like, no, interact with people, like, and I used to think oh, I need to remain aloof or something, and yeah, he encouraged me to just be like, not do that, and and I and I never felt right doing that because I I certainly don't want to f- anyone to think I think I'm untouchable or something because I'm so not. <laughs> i like, literally, please touch me. Um, so yeah, if I've, it's been a long time now of interacting. And um, I don't know, it's just, like, like I said, it can be just such a laugh. Sometimes it's absolutely gross because obviously mm. I get some bizarre attention. Um, but I just shut that down pretty quick. And for the most part, it's like I've just got like thousands of mates, <laughs> which is so nice i sound like such a fucking
0: loser <laughs> no not at all because it, it is like i mean you know think about all the people especially in the last 18 18 months who've who've made best friends online i mean it's almost like a a few years ago i feel like a lot of people would cringe at that but now i say fuck it like brilliant people making friends online that's ace
2: yeah
3: i mean we're, the being a human is so bizarre like we're it's hard enough we're up against it you know in many ways <laughs> I just, I, I, I I know I'm not doing great when I'm pretending or putting something on or, you know, I I did so many years of pretending and and, and doing an act and trying to be something I thought would be either attractive or cool. And now I I just don't. And it's bliss. I just can't recommend it enough. (laughs) Thinking about like that kind of like
0: government and also kind of social view on, of, of people playing art. I mean, do you, do you think much about that? Does it does it kind of upset you the way that Britain is a bit, is like that? It's not really like, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's always like people being like, oh, you're doing that, are you? Okay, good good luck.
3: Even when I remember being at, when I was at school in the eighties, no, like in the nineties <laughs> or whatever, like, you know, that we did the careers thing and mine came back as actress. And they were like, "You're gonna have to do it again." <laughs> it's like they've never been taken seriously. This isn't new. Like, Tories definitely haven't helped matters. But like, at school, I like, I did art, music, theater. Like, I did all of them, and people, you know, you get laughed at. I mean, but it's it's such a to me being alive. alive being alive is pointless without these things. Mm. It's the joy of life mm. is art if you could call that as a canvas term and yeah, like of course yeah I, and the pandemic even showed that like you know the only thing the only joy people were finding were in you know online festivals and all that sort of thing and like I don't I I I, I can't think about it too much because it gets very sort of sad and I I suppose like if I had a kid I'd I would hope they don't don't want to make art <laughs> because it is so sacked against you. I think they go. I think governmentally they're like well we've got our Lewis Capaldi and we've got our Mumford and Sons so we're fine we're doing fine and there will always be artists that will be huge globally. Mm, mm. But I think if you take away those sort of more underground things or more grassroots things or people at like my level would say like y- you get a very diluted one dimensional scene and i don't know when the world's burning i suppose it doesn't matter anymore but i think it does so i will always keep trying i don't know i feel like
0: not having top of the pops or something that is like okay you, you go on that program and you sell, you sell a bunch of records and it, it it's not the be all and end all but it's certainly a, a push
3: you have to get on the cooking channel that's, <laughs> that's that's where we're at now with it i don't know they i i've pitched and been in conversations about you know trying to pitch a new music show and it's just there isn't there there isn't any uh hunger for it but I also think that's because everybody consumes in their own personal way on the internet so for how story, do you mean about
0: the pitching the new music show
3: I just mean like I've I've suggested you know I'm always trying to get a, a side hustle so I'm like oh what if we did a thing where it was like this and then you know mm. it's people mm. just don't want music and that's, but you know even when i when i've done things that are going on the telly i'm like oh it's on at this time and it feels kind of ludicrous to expect anyone to like tune in to a telly at the time it's on apart from like if it's football so and it's just the world has moved and the way people consume has changed and i suppose you know there are things in music that have kept up with that um but yeah in terms of having a worth in a uh, from the <laughs> opinion of the government. I don't know. I don't know how you change that. I don't think you do. I don't think they listen to music. I think they just listen to white noise.
0: I think, when you know, when you mentioned grassroots, I think there are like quite a lot of, I mean, I feel like you, you have this, d- despite having this, you know, pop star aesthetic and dressing up in all these different, and having these brilliant videos and having this amazing production, there is still that grassroots element. And I'm not talking about just because of knowing what you did before that, but I feel like there is that kind of connection Um and I think that's so empowering.
2: Yeah, I hope
3: so. I hope. I just think it's re, being realistic is like the la, the our our last great <laughs> kind of tool to 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 connect. I think, like yeah. just being real.
0: Yeah, it's Terrible. like
3: shocking how much we don't do it, and it's a combination of me being old and tired <laughs> and like... <laughs> So many things have happened to me that I just don't give a fuck anymore. And I I just crack, I'm just cracking on. I actually don't overthink it these days. I just do it. And then when people go, oh, thank you so much for this music. It's helped me so much. I think, oh, cool. Nice. It helps me. So
0: great. I mean, I was just about to ask you if it, if it overwhelms you, you know, the looking towards the future, but now I don't want to ask that. I don't want to. No,
3: I know. It's a good, I I can feel it. I keep getting these twinges of like the old me goes like, Oh, but what if this doesn't get on the playlist? You know, I've tasted mm. it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I love, I love it. But all the only reason I love it, you know, I love all free clobber and stuff like that. I love having my hair and makeup done. I love, I love being able to say, I'm not going to make it that day. Can I make it this day? And no one pushes back on me. All that's great, but it's still so surface. It's like, all I want is to be able to have an idea, create it and have somebody consume it and everything that happens for me in a success sense just keeps that fire burning uh, you know like so that's why I I think that's what really 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 excites me and also my absolute obsession with having a laugh every day (laughs) like (laughs) it isn't you know I'm not I'm not under no illusion that like what I do for a living is really fun but can be very i get i've started to know it's just i get very very exhausted like i've done quite a few podcasts today and tomorrow i'm like please let me be mute all day like (laughs) i i I, but i'm learning that about myself too now like survive it and say what you need because i used to be very like because it wasn't only me i was representing i used to be like no yeah okay come on then and you know it wasn't healthy (laughs) was it yeah with two
0: singles being like released from this from prioritized pleasure they both sound quite different. I do this all the time in the title track. Mm-hmm. Is that what, can you say anything about the full record as a whole? Is, does it go towards one of those sounds more than the other?
3: Well, it's not a spoken word record, which is, I'm sure is devastating for everyone. I, I get the spoken words to just the one song. Um, no, I think they sonically make a lot of sense, but I guess, yeah, they don't. Um, yeah. It's another sort of big beastie sort of meaty record. I, I wanted to make compliments please too, essentially. So turning, you know, if there's strings, there's more strings. If there was singing, there's choir. Like I, I just wanted to make it more widescreen. And and I think I so desperate to, to, to represent myself on the first album that there was a lot going on. Whereas this one, I played live a lot. I know what works live. I, I think even in Slow Club, I used to write songs with thinking about the live show. I've never written songs without thinking how they get performed and so I suppose it makes it I think you put prioritised pleasure on and you feel quite exhausted after it (laughs) but but that's the kind of music I want to make like I don't I don't want to make dinner party music and not to say I won't soon I'd love to it'd be lovely to think oh I'm just gonna make a really downbeat 10 track you know I mean, that's the point.
0: Have you got, have you got to that point where you got to think about what you say in terms of, you know, not making, prom- you know, making promises or not, or, you know, being aware that people might pick, pick up these lines and, and shout about them from, from, from their news platform? What do you mean? Like you know, if you said if you said it, you know, Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not like a, a huge thing, but saying you know, I'll never make a dinner time record. But I mean, have you got like you know, especially with with socials? I mean, you can you can say something and and it might you know might be in the wrong context. You yeah, know, anyone could do that. Oh
3: yeah. I'm waiting for my Olly um tweets <laughs> to surface and my career to be swiftly over. Um, yeah, no, I don't think anyone's that bothered about what I'm up to, and I'm pretty open about it. Like I. I think I've got a pretty good idea of you know a five record sort of plan for this and then I would do something under just my name I think is my idea but who knows and like the Bowie reference earlier like I also want to like Peter Gabriel <laughs> yeah. which, which is also just such a big part of my childhood was watching Peter Gabriel tour um footage <laughs> I have to talk to my dad about that one but um Brilliant. just that idea that's occurred to me over the pandemic as well it's like I always wanted a hit and I wanted it to all happen. Whereas now what might be possible for me is like, you know, 20 albums and they all inhabit different sort of aesthetics. And I can go down a certain road or a genre or really indulge in one type of thing I like to do. And it's more about longevity and like a really big, Kate Bush as well, you know, just like an enormous back catalogue. And for it not to be, I mean, as a woman, aging is just so, complicated and I refuse to let that ever stop me.
0: I mean, looking at Fiona Apple, fetch the bolt cutters, incredible record.
3: Exactly. And then when I think about her, I think, well, she didn't do anything for ages. She's like, you you, you can't, it's not a production line, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the things I adored and the, you know, I used to be like, oh, I wish I was Rita Ora or whatever. I'm like really realizing that that's not what I'm doing at all. Um and I can borrow from the tropes and the things that pop has like that. But but just settling into what it is I'm doing and and not being embarrassed or shy about it or scared that I'm being a diva or demanding and, and just get setting my stall out, creating, making it happen professionally, um, that's all I wanna do. I wanna go and go, you know, without I refuse to be stopped by any expectations of me as a woman in the world <laughs>
0: fuck yeah ace
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean it's such a thing to look to 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 look look towards you know almost no matter who you are you know i feel like we're all living on this clock or some shit and mm. it's nice mm. to have have a have a north star or have a few north stars do you
3: know what i mean mm. to look towards yeah i think i i've always been a musician my whole life by the way, I have had jobs <laughs> I've had loads of yeah I pretty much got con- yeah I have like that's why I've made the book of my you know ends me um but but always with this terror and this this very real sense of this can all be over, and then oh my God, what will I do? I've got this obsession with like who would I, who would take me in <laughs> like oh. and like it feeds into my relationships like I would be in relationships and be- because I was so desperate for some security. But realising nothing gives you security. You could get married and have a ton of children in the house and those all those things can go wrong. Like, nothing is certain. The only thing that's certain is you. So, like, I don't know, letting go of that uh, desperate need for it to last forever and and being realistic and just committing to the work has changed my life. So I don't know if that's good advice.
0: (laughs) I mean, you mentioned earlier that you were a PA, and <laughs> this is 101 part-time jobs after all just to end with and by the way you know thanks so much i mean it's 40 minutes already it's gone like a flash but thanks oh, it's thanks yeah. so much for giving me your time because you literally you know you say playing a festival tomorrow i feel like you, you've played a, a, a few festivals this week already
3: yeah and the covid dropout queen yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> i mean it's, it's time COVID. I'll come and play your gig. <laughs> time to do it right yeah but i'm, I'm sweeping the floor with it. I'll take legs there when they were. But I mean, I mean,
0: speaking speaking of jobs that you worked, I mean, you said, you know, you've been playing music, practice, you know, full time as since you left school. But I mean, throughout those years, are there any any uh, funny, horrible, brilliant, excellent, awful job stories <laughs> that you've had?
3: I mean, so I was a phlebotomist for a while.
0: What is it's- a phlebotomist?
3: Well. Do you know what? If there's another big variant and we're locked down for another two years, I'm going to go back <laughs> to the phlebotomy. I'm serious. So it's taking blood. When you get your bloods taken. Right. A GP or whatever. I, so I babysat for these GPs. And then I, when I left school and I wasn't full-time doing the band yet, I um, needed a job. And they were like, oh, come and be our phlebotomist. And it's like, you know, I was 19 just sticking needles in people, <laughs> being like this.
2: This is fine,
3: and it was fine. I was really weirdly good at it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh,
0: for lobotomy is like a funny name for something so, uh, no pun intended. You know, sterile and straightforward. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, it's nice. I've always, you know, it's a good date chat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes me sound more competent and secure.
0: It sounds well, It sounds to me like a cross between like Fleming and lobotomy.
3: I could go in and get a gig as a phlebotomist again, and I'm not ruling it out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was a PA. I thought I was getting cast on a TV show, um, but he wanted a PA. (laughs) So I was like, well, no, I can't do that. And then I saw what I got paid a week, and I'd never seen anything like it. So I said, yeah, and and I I really wasn't very good at it at all. Um, Could
0: you expand? (laughs) um the the finding about the job and going for the interview and thinking
3: well I there's a director of this this tv show and he he took me for lunch and I was like all right here we go I'm getting cast as you know finally because I've always had this idea that I'm some sort of undiscovered diamond in the rough actress um (laughs) well you could be I know. I uh yeah I I know (laughs) I'm not ruling it out yet but um yeah I thought it was gonna be a a part in the show and uh that he said he wanted a PA and that I'd be really good at it and I was like oh no I wouldn't and then yeah like I said money wise I was like okay I'm gonna see if I can and I tried to like it was difficult though because we had had a load of slow club obligations I was like yeah but I just really I've never earned money in my life like let me do this but I wasn't very good at it like I start I start every job out with the same attitude which is like maybe this is me Mm. maybe I'm this and I'm you know, I dress for the job, and I really get into it, and I'm very fucking friendly for about three weeks, and then I just slowly just hate it, and uh, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it happens every time I've had a job. I waitressed a couple of years ago. My friend had a vegan cafe, um, and I thought maybe this maybe this is me. I'm I'm you know cafe girl that'd be nice. And I cosplayed as like someone sweet who works in a vegan cafe. Yeah, and slowly hated that. Um, I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It was great, but I just, I'm just not cut out for it. Wait, I've had one more job. What? Oh, I had another. So I thought I was getting, so right, I've written a few scripts and things and trying to make a theatre show. And I got a meeting with a creative director of a theatre in London and thought, oh, they're going to ask me to, You know, if I want to put my show on. (laughs) And he asked me if I wanted to be in the panto. So then I did a panto job where I was a fairy. But that actually did end up being like one of the most hilarious times of my life. And it was the sort of the end of the band and the start of of self-esteem. So I I was the oldest person in the cast. And I had all these like hot 19-year-old dancer friends and (laughs) I'm giving them advice about how to text boys back. I actually loved it. I was like probably mother (laughs) goose.
0: What was that, was that production sort of for a couple of months? I mean, how long,
3: like, what was that routine like? all like like three months, Oxford Playhouse. (laughs) I I took it very seriously, actually. Um, And I loved it. And I've always dreamed of being in musicals and things like that. So it was like a nice little, like, pretend version of that, I guess. It's a proper job. You know, it was cool that they asked me, but I didn't think, (laughs)
0: didn't realise. Well, I think it's funny because we, you know, quite a lot we'd like laughed about these things and laugh about things that anyone does but actually you know actually like why not that's fucking this it's legitimate things to be excited to be serious about isn't it
3: it was very cool i got offered it and i was and i was like you know i I, i'm i say yes to these things with absolute like you know i'm gracious about it i'm thankful Mm. um i don't think i'm above anything at all i don't even think i'm above some of the shit i do that's terrible within my band like I'll play an envelope opening, you know, I don't if you, if, if you pay me, <laughs> I just, I'm a workaholic, <laughs> it's fine. And I also just don't, I don't think anyone's above anyone. You know what I mean? Like everything yeah. is valid, but, um, you know, there's, there's some times where I've thought, Oh, f- oh God, you know, <laughs> what have i done, but they, they, I have, I've just cultivated like such a deep ability to laugh at myself that yeah, I can get through anything, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've heard something else to add and it's gone. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, I will say when I have had jobs, um, there's something about the sort of mundanity and the boredom, maybe when, I, when I've when i had boring jobs that cultivate, you know, I've wrote a lot of songs. Do you know what I mean? Like there's some, like this escapism of music. Sometimes when you have, you know, Some artists make the most incredible first records and then they have loads of cash and don't have to do anything. And then they spend three years trying to make something good again because it's like real life that makes you a good artist. So luckily for me, I've always not been quite successful (laughs) enough to retain my very grounded um, attitude to life and therefore plenty of shit happens to me I can write about. But... I, I think this uh, it's great that this podcast exists. Like the stigma of having a job while you're a creative has got to go because it's uh, it's fucking pathetic.
0: <laughs> the fact is like we're all fans, right? So why wouldn't we create mm. our own culture where we're like, no, that is important.
3: Yeah. And what is it? What's being alive? What do you want? Do you know what I mean? Like really? It depends on what you want. If you want, if what makes, like if you really ask yourself, is is being decked out in like thousands of pounds worth of designer things and getting what you want when you want it is that what's important to you like fine try and do that but I mean I like stuff but not that much (laughs) life's very varied and like if you're lucky it's quite fucking long and loads of stuff happens so you can't I you know there's something I've learned that's really helped my mental health is like there isn't some like great big goal that you get to and then everything's all right. Like you've got to go with this, with the highs and the lows and, and just remain uh, kind of steady and, and wait for it to get good again. Like, so no matter, you know.
0: Try and live in the moment. I mean, you mentioned that. Oh
3: my God. Oh my God. It's so hard though. I'm like, be here, be in the moment. (laughs) I'm so violent with my brain. Like, Come on, <laughs> Um, which I think is maybe isn't quite what mindfulness is about, but yeah, that's the only way I make it happen.
0: Why <laughs> <laughs> really right, mindfulness? Either being quiet at home or being really fucking loud. I th- you know I think like yeah. I think there is I think there is connection there.
3: Yeah, it's it's just such a fucking life hack though to go. I mean, so much of my life is worrying about what's next, what's next. Have I got done this? Have I done that? And the way if the, the sort of it comes in tiny, tiny waves for me of like oh, wait, I'm in the moment and there's nothing I can do about that right now. So just be grateful that you're here right now. And then I'm like, oh, and it's gone. And I'm thinking about something else again. But I'm like, the clarity that comes sometimes is so sort of, oh, fucking. Fleeting. it into me, yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I hope you have a bunch of those moments this summer. There's so much cool shit going going on for you. It's so cool to watch. It's so exciting. (laughs) And I think you've got that really special thing of your fans being as excited about it as you know we might think that you are
3: yeah yeah Good. that's a
0: that's a really special thing you know that you know that's yeah. like a rare yeah it's like a rare thing isn't it yeah it's
3: cool it's, it's
0: like yeah thank you so there was Rebecca Lucy Taylor thank you so much for tuning in to 101 part-time jobs off to green man this weekend maybe I'll see some of you there see you next week here's Cox Barrow I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side,
2: running around like a blue arse fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every to me, I've been on
0: the go. Up and down the ladder, like a friend's help, I've
2: been
1: working, yeah, I've
2: been working all day for me, mate.
0: This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.